Thank you. While you are standing, keep standing in the reading. <laughs> in the reading of the word. Amen. We're going to read the word in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 17 to 18, and John 20, 20, 22. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days, and they will prophesy. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you today. We ask you, Father, to send the wind and come and visit us today, Holy Spirit. We invite your presence here in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on your sons and your daughters, your young and your old, male and female, and they will prophesy. It is a prophetic prayer warfare declaration God is asking this church and the churches all over the world. It is a prophetic declaration of demanding that the enemy will pay sevenfold recompense. This is the same prophetic prayer anointing that God has given to you, to me, to Isaiah that says, I have this day set before you over nations and over kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build and to plant. The church today needs to wake up the power that God has given us in prophetic prayer. And how we are going to pull down stronghold, and how we are going to move our mountains, and how we are going to come before the throne and ask the throne to give a restraining order against the enemy. But before that, God says, but I will repay you for the years that has been stolen from you. And afterwards, I am going to do an outpouring in global proportion. Jesus said, I will give you peace. This is our scripture for 2022. I will give you peace, and I am sending you. There's a lot of you that's going to be answering your call. There's a lot of you that's going to be sent to the nations of the world. And he breathed unto them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. It is a cleansing, refreshing wind of the mighty Holy Spirit. It is an outpouring, the comforter, the executor of your inheritance and mine. The one that's going to remind you of the promise of Jesus and the word of our Father. He is going to bring a visitation in you and breathe unto you to expose and remove all the compromise and all the limitations that affects your wholeness, your health, that, that affects your, the word of the living God, your love affair with the word, your hunger for the word. And it's going to also touch your influence to the world starting in your Jerusalem. 
and he will also touch your wealth because God is preparing all of us to participate in the funding of the global revival that's going to come. And it is the place where God is going to say to you that I am going to open the secret closets. I'm going to remove the cobwebs of your thinking, pull down the strongholds of your mind, the contamination in your heart, and the errors of our ways. Because God is going to bring us to a divine tune-up. Because we tune up our cars better than we tune up our prayer life. You know, as I was preparing this, I told the Lord, Lord, you have a deadline and you have only how many minutes? So when you give this to me, can you please give this to me? And I was always like complaining and the Lord told me, Mila, I did not ask you to run for office. I asked you to deliver a message. <laughs> so today I am going to deliver a message to you. You know, in the beginning of this invasion of evil, because it is an invasion of evil, I, while washing dishes, I do wash dishes. <laughs> and I make coffee for my husband. <laughs> I saw a vision. But first, I want to explain to you what invading evil invasion is. The signs of evil invasion, just like in the Garden of Eden, is this. Pointing fingers, division, blaming, hiding, and seclusion. Today, you and I understand that we have been invaded by evil. <clears throat> because the, the church today has become a house divided. And a house divided will not stand. What is that danger today when you and I are going to lose the power of agreement? The whatsoever you can ask, it shall be the carte blanche that has been given to you and me. And today, the heaven would say that the power of agreement that you have, the anointing of agreement, has been suspended. Because the church today is divided into whether the needle or no needle. God has given you and I the privilege to agree with truth, his word. Read the truth, swim in the truth, and be saturated in his truth. This is not a Twitter occasion. This is not a Facebook occasion. God is asking you and me, we need to put ourselves in alignment because we are endangering ourselves to lose the power of agreement. What is the power of agreement? It is an invitation to the high priest that when any two of you shall agree, I will be there. And when you and I are not united or together in agreement, there is no high priest. And when there is no high priest, my brothers and sisters, your prayer is a waste of time. And your meeting is a waste of time. And I've been in infection control, you know, for almost a decade. And, of course, I wanted to put my scientific opinion, you know, to this, whether it's a needle or no needle. <clears throat> and the Lord says, Mila, I do not need your scientific opinion. You are my child. You love my word. I want you to be sure that you are on the side of truth. Long before, I am not sidetracked. This is not a surprise to me. I have written in my word that if you take any deadly thing, nothing shall harm you. 
and you shall lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And so whether you have taken the needle or not, God says, get over it. I have a provision for you. Because my church is ready to lay hands on the sick. It is a promise with guaranteed performance, and God is asking the church today, where are you? God is asking you, asking me, who told you? And you, who have you been listening to? So going back to that vision that I saw, I saw a spiritual vision of puppet string come forth and fall from the heavens. And there was a Caesar that cut off all of these strings. Academia, media, entertainment, politics, religion. And a few mornings ago, the Lord says, I am not done yet. Because it is a spiritual malpractice for me as a licensed minister, if I will not tell you today that heaven is heavily vetted. And God is demanding from all of us today that we need to demand that Calvary's victory be enforced. Because God wants us to understand that there is a power of the gospel. There is a power of a gospel that will transform you and me, that we will say, behold, all things become new. There is an event in your life that when you came to the Lord, there is a behold, all things event. If that hasn't happened, somebody has stolen the gospel from you. Because it is the gospel of a metanoia repentance. It is the power of God that will transform you and me. Because if you and I have been buried with him in, in baptism, if you and I <clears throat> it, thank you. if you and I resurrected with him and we have not been changed after we have been baptized, we still see the same thing. We shall think the same way. And our lifestyle haven't changed. Then my brothers and sisters, that was a very expensive funeral. So God is speaking to us, have an audience with the king. It is an invitation for you and me to have a dialogue with the ruling monarch of the universe. This is where we receive instruction and direction. We have been asking for instruction, and we never show up in daily briefing. And when we do, we do all the talking. God says, I want you to come before the audience of the king, and I want you to let the king speak. It is supposed to change your prayer life and mine. Just because we have talked for two hours doesn't mean that we have an audience with the king. The king, the most important ruling monarch of the universe, has been waiting. Let me speak to you, my child, so I can heal you. I can instruct you and change you. Because he said, come now. Let us reason together. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together and state your case. 
Because if today we're more excited <clears throat> to come before the crowd instead of coming before an audience of one, we need a tuning up. Isaiah cried, oh, that you will rend the heavens and come down so the mountains shall be shaken. Jesus came after he was baptized. Behold, the heavens were open. And we hung on the cross and he cried. And the curtain was torn from top to bottom. The earth was shaken and the rocks split into two. God is asking you today that there is an open access that has been given for you and me. There is a highway that God has built between heaven and earth. And it doesn't need Congress to approve its budget. It's been paid in full. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Nathaniel, Jesus saw them, him under the tree before he even reached his place. But Nathaniel was so impressed that Jesus operated in the word of knowledge and prophecy. But God is telling you and me today, more than my giftings of prophecy, more than your gift of signs and symptoms, you're going to see something greater, Nathaniel. You're going to see that there is an open heaven. You're going to see that the angels travel come back and forth. God is saying to us today, you have open access Because today, we expect the new gadgets of the iPhones next year before the year is over and over. We are excited about the new inventions, but we cannot stand when somebody tells you that there is an open portal. There is a revelation that God is giving the church from glory to glory. That when you hear them say, you're not going to say, that's weird. My brothers and sisters, God has opened heaven today. God is asking you to have open access. You know, it's a time travel prayer. <laughs> I'm going to share it with you anyway, if you think it's weird. <laughs> In the book of Daniel, I saw the courts open. <laughs> and the judge has given verdict in favor of the saints. Every time you pray, I want you to see that our Father, who is the King, who is the Judge, is giving you a verdict in favor for you. In favor for your family, for your finances, for your health. So have an audience with the King. And see the King seated on the throne, high and lifted up, and his train fills the temple. It is a place where you and I touch the scepter of the king. Yes, you can use the sword of the spirit. But God is asking the church today, touch my scepter and ask me anything. The impossible shall be possible for you. Yeah. Number two, close the door. In preparation of this tuning up in the last days, God says, close the door. There is a secret place that demands the divine romance face to face, breath to breath, to be alone with him. It is a 2020 cubits. Oh, 
only have a place for you and him. There is no remote control. Because God did not ask you and me for a date. He asked you and me to marry you. And we as the bride in the last days, we need to prepare ourselves for that wedding. Uh, it is the dwelling place. It's the shelter of his wings. It is a dwelling. It's not a five-minute visit. We expect God to protect us, and all we do is two-minute visit. God is asking, my dwelling place is a shelter for you, and I will protect you. Close the door and enter into my rest. We, I want to share secrets with you. It is a secret place event. It is a Sabbath rest event. Our pastor has been teaching us that. It is a command, not an option. When you and I were born, God put a mark on us that says, warning will self-destruct if they will not rest. It is an important time, I believe, that there's a global compliance that has happened, that the Lord turned things around for our good. With this, what's happening with this, you know, global compliance, all this shaking that's happening all over the world. There is finally a global compliance that God's people are resting by force. It is a merger. It is a covenant convergence. It is a shalom peace. You know what shalom is? The two has now become one. That should happen in your marriage. When the two has become one, there is shalom peace. It is an atmosphere. Sabbath is an atmosphere with, where his reign and his sovereignty flows. It is a place where you are going to hear him speak, and all you do is say amen. It is a place where you are going to say, not my will, but yours be done. As it is in heaven, so shall it be done on earth. It is an intimacy. It is a prayer place where you and I have the secrets coming from the king. It is a time where your heavenly father can write a heavenly graffiti because he'd been wanting from the beginning to write his laws in your mind and write his laws in your heart. It is an impregnation of the planting of the seed that God, the DNA of our father, so you and I can become into the image of his son for the world to watch and see. Sabbath. This is where we learn the protocol of royalty. The royal walk of royals, children of the king. This is where you and I learn honor. We learn honor because the cry of creation is value me. I am teaching you today, the Lord put it in my heart, I want you to prepare my people in the last days. This is where we are going to understand that there is honor God is demanding from you and me. Value me, the cry of creation. Honor one another, honor the king, and honor your leaders. Because God says... I have called my people, and don't you put a magnifying glass and what, watching your leaders, watching your pastors, watching your teachers, and finding faults. 
and the defects of the vessels that God has called, because all of us have defects. Ask my husband. And he still loves me. This is where we're going to understand that God says that you will know them by their fruits. You see, the gifts, your gifts and my gifts, will open opportunities. If they'll even allow you to speak before kings. I'm speaking before kings. It's coming past. And I shake, and I'm shaking today. You know, um, we have leaders that we speak to. We have literal, you know, royalty. But I am telling you, my brothers and sisters, I stand here in front of you. I shake because you are children of royalty. You are children of the king. So this is where we learn that we understand that, that while our gifts will open the doors of opportunity, our fruits, the very seed, the very DNA of our father is going to open the presence to the king. So you need to honor your leaders. I don't know why I'm saying that. But we cannot talk behind their backs. You know, this is so important for us to understand. While you and I can carry their briefcases and bring them water, God will not allow you to patronize condescending spirit of contempt with the leaders that you follow. Because the one who has the promise from the Lord of answering God's calling and plan, he promised, I will be an enemy to their enemy and I will be an adversary to their adversary. I believe that in the last days we need to align ourselves in understanding do not touch God's anointed. I know we can carry briefcases, but God has asked you and me as a disciple to follow him. And he did not ask you to carry his cross. He asked you and me to pick up your cross, the one with your name on it. Because it's important for us to understand that, yes, we, those are our leaders and we need to pray for them. If we haven't prayed for the leaders that you're receiving from, you need to repent. Because God is demanding from us to honor those that he has brought before our lives. You know, in the church of the Thessalonians, um, there is a scripture that says in 1 Thessalonians 2, and it says, we rejoice because you receive the word of God which you have heard from us, and you welcome it, not as the, world, the uh, a word of men, but it is the truth, the word of God. Never mind carrying their briefcase. Never mind giving them water. Believe that their voice, God has instructed them to train you, to mold you, to protect you. It's the word of God. Until you and I understand that. We will be an enemy and an adversary against him. Number three, hear and see the voice. You know, the Lord has been talking to me and I'm still learning. Mila, I am going to tune up your prayer life. And the last few weeks, the Lord showed me that I not only want you to hear my voice, I want you to see my voice. 
in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 1. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. God says, I want you to tune up and increase the intensity of your hearing. In the book of Ephesians 1.18, in the Amplified, it says, I pray that your eyes of your heart, the eyes of your heart, the very center and the core of your being may be enlightened, enlightened and flooded with light by the Holy Spirit. This is what we should pray for one another. In the book of Daniel, it says, many will be purified in this crisis. Many will be cleansed. They will be refined by these trials. But the wicked will continue to be wicked. And none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. Have we been purified through this trial? Have we been tuned up with our hearing? Are we razor sharp today of hearing the voice of the Lord? That he is a sound of many waters. You know, when I read the Mark 16, 17, 18, when the Lord just explained that to me, he said, I want you to read that. In my name, you will cast out demons. I want you to see, I want you to hear the operation of the evil one. That when you minister to my people, you know deep in their innermost being the torment that God is bringing, the enemy is infiltrating them with. That if you drink any deadly thing, that instead of you hearing the voices of fear, you're going to hear the voice and see the voice that's speaking to you. In the book of Malachi chapter 4 verse 1, I just feel that I want to include that. That it says, but to you, sunrise, the sun, S-U-N of righteousness, will dawn on those who honor my name and healing radiating from his wings. And all of a sudden, I saw, you want to be healed? I have the radiation that you need. The S-U-N of righteousness. Those of you who have been infected or afraid to be infected, God says, under my wings, I am going to put the radiation of healing upon you. So come to the dwelling place. <laughs> so we need to go into a divine tune-up. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, very important. In the, book of, in the Amplified Bible, it says you harmonize together, you make a symphony together, whatever, anything and everything that you ask, it will come to pass and will be done by my Father. Anything that you refuse to be permitted on earth shall be refused and not permitted in heaven. This is the power of tuning up, God is saying to us. A wrong vibration, a harmony in your home and in your marriage and in your ministry, it's like the washing of the water of the word will tune you up. So I would like to tune you up. I'm just a messenger, so I'm going to tell you. Husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. There are some of us sitting in this place and listening today who probably cannot understand the dynamics of husband and wife. This is the calling that the Lord has called us. And by the way, don't debate with me. I'm really happy with that arrangement. My husband is the head of the house. <laughs> 
because he has a tall order to love me anyway with all my spot and wrinkles. <laughs> so I want to thank you, hon, for loving me. But wife, we need to be in alignment. But my brothers and sisters, it did not say that man is over the woman. That is, I believe, a tuning up that we need to do. As the CEO of three different companies, I am an equal opportunity employer. I hire and I fire male and female. But the home has to be in alignment. For those of you who cannot receive a woman preacher, you need to repent. The Foursquare organization founded by a woman, Amy Simful McPherson, the church where you and I are seated today. If you do not agree that there is no rhythm, there is no vibration, there is no harmonizing together. My husband and I have the privilege of having dinner and lunch so many times with the son of our founder, Dr. Ralph McPherson, a tender man, humble man, who talks about mother. Mother would do this and mother would do that. And one day he told his mother, Mother, is the world not saved yet? Because his mother keeps traveling. But this woman is so powerful that God told her, just put the water in your gas tank and I will take you places all over the United States of America. And I was thinking of that as if only a woman would believe that put water in your gas tank. <laughs> the man would, I oppose, that doesn't work. But can you imagine the woman founder of the Foursquare denomination if she was surrounded with insecure men? You will not be all over the world today. It's tuning up. We need to harmonize together. We need to make a symphony together because wrong vibration will, no, will give you no rhythm and you, there is no agreement. There is no divine tune-up. Boldness and confidence. If I change, you, the Lord changed it. So, it's, Hallelujah. <clears throat> Boldness and confidence. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne room of grace that we will obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. We have confidence to enter the most holy place. We have this confidence, we have this assurance that we have been removed from guilty conscience because our hearts does not condemn us. This is the preparation of the end times. That you and I can be bold to enter into the throne room of the king because guilt is the key to your defeat and righteousness is the key to your victory. Because our request to the Father has nothing to do about how righteous you are because the righteousness has already been paid in full. Our hearts does not condemn us. We have this confidence towards God that we have, if we ask anything, everybody say anything. anything. According to his will. I was facing some financial issues last few years ago, and I told the Lord, Lord, this is your dream, and my husband is giving me a warning. Uh, we better make this, bu this business work. It's not my problem, and the Lord solved it for me, and my husband is happy. 
God says, because I have wiped out all the handwriting of requirements. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. I have wiped out, by the way, I was telling the Lord, Lord, there's so many scriptures that the Lord told me, tell them to Google it. <laughs> so I'm telling you to Google it. Having wiped out our handwritings of requirement that was against us, and listen to this. And it says, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Listen, everybody. The Lord give me a revelation. And I asked the Lord, what does that mean? He says, the law, the power hello, of sin, the law, the one that harasses you and me being guilt into your minds. God says, I nailed it to the cross. In other words, from that time on, your righteousness has nothing to do about you fulfilling the law. Because Jesus already fulfilled it for you. So I told the Lord, can you explain that to me? And the Lord says, Mila, from now on, I have given notice to the enemy that he cannot give the law as an evidence in court again against you. Are you listening to me? All of us have broken the law. One jot or tittle, you and I have already broken the whole law. But God is saying Satan does not have the right to bring this as an evidence against you because your righteousness is because of what I have done for you. From now on, your righteousness is no longer because you fulfilled the law. Your righteousness is because I fulfilled it for you. you. Hallelujah. Because God says the law has now been the DNA. The seed that the Father has written in your minds and in our hearts. Who we are becoming. So the world can see you and me live like him. Because my brothers and sisters. A guilty witness will never win a case. You show up in court and be a guilty witness. The case is closed. You're always defeated. So I ask you, my brothers and sisters, be bold to come into the throne room of God because you are not guilty. You have been sanctified. You have been redeemed. You have been purified. And you are bold to enter into the throne room of the king. So follow the plan. In closing, this is not a drill. Follow the plan. We say that in the last days, wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes, you know what? That's old. That has been being said from the very beginning. God says the signs of the end times is you will have dreams. You will dream dreams and you will have visions. So your young people and the old people, I'm telling you, dream again, build again, and have visions because that is the signs of the end times. The creator, the master architect, knows the ozone layer, knows the tectonic plates. So don't be sidetracked with the green revolution because he knows the expiration date of his creation. It is an insult for you and I to think that this is going to be the end and God doesn't know about it. So don't be sidetracked, God is saying to you, that I want you to dream. You know, I, whew. 
I go to different business meetings and I teach, you know, and I charge them. <laughs> My nurses pays me $700 to $1,500 for six hours lecture. And I want you to understand that God has given us a plan. God has asked us to dream. I want you to dream because a dream without a vision is just another dream. And a vision without a plan is really a nightmare. But God says, I, I have a plan for you. To, to, a plan to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans of hope and a future. It is not just a good plan. It's a God thing. It's God's plan. So God is saying to us in the last days, I want you to plan. I want you to dream. I want you to know this plan, and I want you to follow this plan. In the book of Habakkuk, God, thank you, Lord. You know, I'm using the Bible and church people to help the plan. It's crazy. Did you know that the world is, uh, uh, you know, teaching the church, <laughs> charging them from the word from our Father? Habakkuk says, you write it down, make it plain, read it, run it, activate it, speak to your mornings. Guaranteed, in appointed time, watch it come to pass. So, steward your time. I will say to you, clean your dwelling, wash dishes, make your beds. Because depression, discouragement, and a messy house is a formula for discouragement. They are neighbors. I don't know why I'm saying this, but God would say to us today, open the, your curtain wide. Open your windows and let the air come in. And for goodness sake, when you walk out of this place, we follow you know, requirements and mandates. But when you get out of this place, take off your mask and breathe fresh air, not recycled air. I cry in my heart when I see people driving in the car with a mask. I mean, as an infection control nurse, in my heart, I said, oh, God, protect their lungs because they're breathing recycled air. Sorry, got sidetracked. Okay. So we need to understand that we need to deliver purpose in the land of the living in the length of your days to give glory to his name. Catechism 101, not only are you going to know the Lord, you're going to love him, you're going to serve him, and enjoy him forever. Well, God is asking us today that you need to be an overcomer. He said, overcome them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Get declaring it before the Lord. God is saying, and they love not their lives unto death. Staying alive is not a priority. Doing God's will is. As the world has sequestered us, restrained us, constrained us, God is saying to us in the last days, go to church. I'm talking to the people right now. Hello. Because in the last days, I'm going to predict. Because God says in Hebrews chapter 10, not giving up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day approaching. Wisdom from the throne. Go to church. 
So I say to you, in the last days, there are going to be more people that's going to be assembled in church because that is where the happening is. You know why I know? Read the book of Revelation. God did not speak to Washington. God did not speak to Congress. He spoke to the seven churches. You want to hear good news? Go to church. And so I speak to the churches today. Let's start declaring good news. It is important that you un uh, we need to understand today that we need to be broken from our opinions because the Bible says in the book of Psalm chapter 5, verse 5, the arrogant cannot come in his presence. You know what is an arrogant? I asked the Lord, what's an arrogant, Lord? Uh, <clears throat> the one of the sin of my past. Uh, <clears throat> Arrogant Mila is the one that's trying to defend and hanging to their own opinion. An opinion that's higher than my truth. And they keep defending it. They are arrogant. Well, the Lord just gave you today the truth. And I am asking you to be set free because the truth has set you free. Amen. Last scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. There is something that the Lord is doing right now. There is a penetration bullseye into your hearts today. If you and I today have not been transformed, God is saying to us, I have given you as a ransom. We have lost family members, business associates, friends in this pandemic. God says, but I have given men a nation for you as a ransom for you. They have gone and they're no longer here and you are here. If we are not changed today but with this pandemic, our prayer life is not tuned up, our loving the word is not tuned up, then we have lost them and they have been lost and it did not do anything for you and me. And Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has put enmity. He has put, in, I'm sorry, eternity in the hearts of men. The plan that you have that you're writing today has to include eternity. Has to. Because you don't have any other choice. You have been confronted and you have been marked with eternity. And in other words, that plan that you and I have today has to include our eternal plan. It has to include the everlasting plan that God has for you and me. And you and I are going to go to eternity, all of us. The destination of our choice. You know, I did a funeral a few days ago, a 101-year-old man. <clears throat> and the Lord is saying to you and me today, as I, I spoke in the funeral, today the earth is demanding that every dust, every speck of dust will be left behind. Because when God formed man from the dust of the ground, he breathed his investment to you. But the ground, the earth is saying, when they die, I demand every speck of dust shall be left behind. Your cars, your homes, your overtime, the money in your bank will be left behind. And we cannot afford not to include eternal plan for you and me. Because even 
Hell understand what is valuable. Hell does not have a collection of your homes or your cars or your bank account. Hell has a collection of souls tormented forever. Eternity in the last days should be part of your plan. So God is saying to you, dream. Part of that dream is believe that your Jerusalem shall be saved. Part of that dream is that you will fulfill purpose in the land of the living in the length of your days and deliver purpose for his glory. Part of that dream in the last days, God says, without a vision you will perish. Because the enemy has brought discouragement to you and me. But today we are rising up and we're going to say, we're going to dream, we're going to plan, and we're going to see visions for the king. <clears throat> Father, we, we thank you today, Lord. I've been obedient to deliver that you put in my heart to deliver. I thank you today that you will breathe the Holy Spirit in us, that you will tune us up, that we will stay focused in the purpose you have called us to do. I thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand. Give her a great hand.